this morning, even as we meditate upon the word, just let's pray and seek God for his anointing this morning, that he will speak to us. Serious things, lots of things concerning in the days that we are living in, that we will become more and more sober-minded. Because that our prayers should not be hindered. Be sober-minded, it says, and be diligent for the sake of your prayers. Scripture says, watch and pray. Therefore, our minds have to be cleared. Our minds have to be stayed on Christ. Our minds have to be saturated with the way the Lord thinks. Our minds have to direct our paths, our decisions, everything in the coming days. Therefore, this morning, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would speak to us, Lord. Instruct us, teach us through your word. Speak to our hearts, empower us, O Lord. Even as we receive your word by faith, anoint us with the Holy Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Transform us from the inside out and cause us to walk in your ways. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We just worship you. We just glorify you. We thank you for all your goodness and your mercy that we enjoy every day of our lives. Watch over us, O Lord, even now. And Lord, grant us clarity in our thoughts, clarity in our vision, clarity in our purpose. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Grant us clear heads, O Lord, this morning. Enable us to focus on the things that are above, Father, and not be anxious about anything. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We worship you. Anoint us this morning to speak and to hear. We praise you. We worship you. For in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so this morning, uh, we'll just first look at uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and then... Uh, if we can put it in an IV, it'll be great. So, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, um, I appeal to you, I urge you, brothers, in the view, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Um, by the way, the word for world here is uh, not cosmos; it is aeon which is age, okay, which is essentially a time, um, um, a term which uh, symbolizes time or represents time. Okay, a- age, so we could be trapped in time. Essentially, he says, know that you're not no longer living in the temporal, you're living in the eternal, okay, that is the reality. Our reality is not the temporal anymore. Our reality is the spiritual, it is the it is the eternal. So he says, do not be conformed to this world or to this age, in other translations, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, or the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, His good will, His pleasing, and His perfect will. Okay, so this is constantly uh, the whole idea of uh, coming to the teaching of the Word of God is to start uh, allowing the Word of God to transform us. Uh, that's what we sang the last song that we sang, right? Transform our mind, conform our will. Uh, change, form our hearts. Okay, all these things are important. Um, and therefore we come to the instruction of the Word of God. Another, another, another important, uh, um, verse which I love is, uh, 1st Timothy chapter 1 verse 5, which says, the goal of instruction, the goal of instruction, or the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. Okay. So, uh, we should, we all have divided hearts. And uh, we have to constantly be brought back to um, to the way uh, God thinks, or rather, we we are we are to start thinking biblically, scripturally. 
Okay, not just in the letter, but with the, but behind the intention also is important, right? And the other thing also is that I mean, I was talking to Pastor. The, uh, if you put uh, your hand, your legs on two boards, you'll your breeches will give way. Okay, so <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so it's a very it's a very it's an interesting picture. Okay, just imagine that. All right, see, uh, saving faith uh, is what we were looking at. Is impossible faith. But once we have saving faith, saving faith just not only gives us, makes us believers in God, it also makes us overcomers. Alright? We begin to overcome the world. And we begin to overcome the flesh. And we begin to overcome the devil. And all is through faith. By faith we overcome the world. By faith we overcome the flesh. He says, I am crucified. I no longer live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live, I live by faith of the son of god who died for me and he gave himself for me and uh, what what is the victory that overcomes even our faith so everything in life if you really genuinely have saving faith and that is the reason why one of the concept uh, concepts in reformed circles as i call it is called the perseverance of saints okay if you are genuinely born again you as a saint will persevere in holiness you will persevere in separation in sanctity all right you will not you will you will you look at the world and you'll say this is not my my place okay i'm not comfortable here any longer my mind is on heavenly things so this morning let's look at one verse 1 john chapter 5 verse 4 and 5 1 john chapter 5 verse 4 and 5 and verse 19 you can put it in uh, kjv and kjv doesn't matter all right um, whatever is born of god overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world what is that our faith and who is it that overcomes the world? But he who believes, again, faith comes, that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you're born of God now, and therefore you begin to overcome the world. That is one of the simple truths of the Bible. You are no longer comfor- comfortable in this world. All right? And then why? Because 1 John chapter 5 verse 19 will say, we know that, that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Alright. So everyone. Now by the way, the faith that saves us, the faith that sanctifies us, and the faith that conforms us to God's will, the faith that makes us overcome the, uh, overcome the world and overcome the wicked one, etc. is, is, is something which is the same, which is of God. Okay, which we, if we have been born of God, there's nothing like uh, a believer who's comfortable in the world. He cannot be. He cannot. Okay. He's, that is something which you need to understand. Okay. Uh, it's very, very interesting verse. He who is born of God cannot sin, it says. Okay, or other, other translations we use the word keep on sinning. But uh, KJV uses the word simple one, cannot sin. Because it's impossible for him to sin. Reason being because he's born of the spirit. Okay. So, unless and until these verses are there in our mind, uh, we need to, uh, we'll not, uh, 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 we'll not, we'll really not have faith. Therefore, the whole purpose of teaching is to generate this faith, which overcomes the world. Okay, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So, what you hear will strengthen your faith, which overcomes sin. What you hear will strengthen your faith which perceives. Like for example, that woman who was there was constantly going and asking the judge for justice. And God says, when the son of man comes, will he find faith? Therefore, you have to listen to the word of God which will strengthen the, the, the perseverance part of your faith. You have the faith which perceives. 
Okay, we have to impo- it's important for us to listen to that. Listen to those kinds of teachings which will enable us to overcome the world, which enable en- enables us to persevere in our in our uh, in our constantly asking God and seeking in our prayers, seeking God in the ways of God in our prayers, etc. Therefore, every every word that you receive by faith has to strengthen you in all these aspects: overcoming the world, overcoming the devil, overcoming the flesh, overcome and being perceive uh, being. Being uh, steadfast in your walk with the Lord. So this morning we look at four people from the old covenant. Three men and one woman. Okay. Three men and one woman. We could look at so many uh, other people. Three men and one woman as to how they use the faith which is of God to overcome the world. And what specifically they of the world they overcame. Okay. What specifically of the world they overcame. Let's therefore go to Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 and 2 first. And then let's look at verse 5. Okay. We'll not uh, look at Abel, uh, because uh, when Abel was there, the world was still not there. Okay. Um, technically speaking. Okay. So let's read. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders or the patriarchs obtained a good testimony. Alright, and let's read from verses 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And scripture says in Genesis chapter 5, uh, okay, so, but without faith is impossible to please him, etc. Scripture says in Genesis chapter 5, that Enoch walked with God after he had Methuselah. He lived for 365 years and he had Methuselah and he walked with God for 300 years after he had Methuselah and he had sons and daughters. So understand this, he was living a normal life. Okay, normal life. He was not living a life of a saint or of a, or of a monk or a, uh, what do you call it? Ascetic. Okay, no ascetic lifestyle. He was living in the world, normal life, normal uh, family life. He was having the things which are normal for with everybody, but still he was walking with God, albeit alone, because sometimes uh, you have to be prepared to walk with God alone. All right. So, so what did Enoch overcome specifically? What was the world that Enoch was living in is important for us to understand. Now, after Cain is sent away from garden, from the garden of Eden, you, I mean, sorry, from the presence of, not God, from the garden of Eden, from the presence of the Lord, there is a world which is growing. Okay. We have the line of Cain and then we have the line of Seth and from which we have Enoch coming from the line of Seth. So, but he, this is the world that he was living. They were all living together, by the way. They had the same language only in Genesis chapter 11 that you'll see the languages become different, but they were all living in the same environment even until the flood. So it says in Genesis chapter 4 verse 16, let's read from Genesis chapter 4 verse 16, but, mm, sorry, okay. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. Nod means wandering, yeah. Okay, so Cain went out uh, from the presence of the Lord, other translations will use the word, and settled in wanderings. Interesting. In other words, he settled in the lifestyle of wanderings. A lot of people are comfortable in wanderings. They have settled. Okay. They have settled in the lifestyle. So he dwelt in the land of Nod in the east of Jordan. Let's go on. Then Cain knew his wife, verse 17. Then Cain knew his wife and she conceived and bore Enoch. This is not this Enoch. There was another different Enoch. And he built a city and called the name of the city of the name of his son Enoch. So this is a very progressive Civilization. So civilization, in other words, started with Cain in that sense. 
without God. Though, so he is apparently very successful away from the presence of God. So let me tell you something. Success is not a picture of a godliness. Very, very important for us to understand. Okay. You could be absolutely successful without God, but that does not mean that you're godly. And because we have a teaching which will tell you that if you are blessed of God, if you have the favor of God, if you have the grace of God, that means you should be successful. You could build cities, you could build skyscrapers without God. Okay, so he he, he called the name of the son, uh, name of the city after his son, and he called it Enoch. And then go on, verse eighteen. And Enoch was born. To Enoch was born Erad, and Erad begot Mehujael, and Mehujael begot Methushael, and Methushael begot, begot Lamech, and Lamech was a crook of the first order. Then Lamech took for himself two wives. The name of one was Ada, which means ornament, and the name of the second was Zillah, which means shadow. Okay, just for food for thought, you can probably probably look at it and say, what, is, what does that mean? And Adabor Jabal, he was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. So animal husbandry and all these kinds of, uh, uh, what do you call, biological technology started with Jabal. Mm-hmm. Okay. His brother's name was Jubal. Mm-hmm. He was a father of those who play the harp and the flute. Though these guys were incredible artisans and musicians. So arts, science and technology... Okay, and all these things started with Cain. And you can have all this progression in society without God. That's what, that's my point over here. Okay, let's go on. And as for Zila, she also bore Tubal Cain, the, and an instructor of every craftsman in bronze and iron. So this by this guy, you know, if you, whenever whenever I see bronze and iron, I remember uh, the robotics plant of a of a of a car manufacturing company. You see how they melt iron and bronze. And all the robots come and fix the cars. Remember that? And they come out of the assembly line. This is technology at its best. So you have science and technology, you have progression, you have progression without God. You can stop there. Verse 22. So, so now look at this. Progression without God means their thoughts are also progressing without God. So what did Cain overcome? overcome? Enoch, sorry, not Cain. Enoch overcame the progressive thoughts of this world. What are they? What do they call themselves? Ah, uh, progressives. Call themselves progressives without God. You should you should see psychology today. Okay, psychology today is one of the most demonic of all the websites or technology. All Freudian, Freudian, fraud, Freudian, fraud, okay. Fraud theology and fraud ideas. It is possible to have a world without God. And how to have a world without God? With moralities. Progressive thoughts. And you should see the kind of ideas that they have. The kind of arguments that they are very, very articulate and bright. And you know what the, uh, when God says in Psalms 14 and Psalm 53, don't have to turn there. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. In other words, the fool does not ever factor God in himself. In, he could be intelligent. He never factors God in anything that he does. And he calls himself progressive. So they call themselves what progress? As C.S. Lewis wrote, wrote a book called Pilgrim's Regress. Okay. Now, by the way, I, I when I started reading, I couldn't understand any anything about that book, so I just gave it up. So only read the synopsis in Wikipedia. Okay, that's the best thing to do. If you don't understand, go to Wikipedia. I'll give you the synopsis. Now, what is this? Uh, what is this uh, Pilgrim's Regress all about? There's a fictional character called John. It's like John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. Okay. And this guy, he he's born in a Puritan family, and he finds it very oppressive. 
So he runs away from this oppressive regime, so to, so called, and he meets a character called Mister Enlightenment, who's a <laughs> very rash or rational thinker. And then he finds this rational thinker actually leads him to no satisfaction and slowly, 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 he comes back to his ancient paths. And he finds that actually what he thinks as progress is actually regress and not progress. Anything away from God is regress and not progress. Okay. You go away from God, you are bound to fail miserably or succeed even more miserably. That's so true. It's so true, I'm telling you. So, but on the contrary, what does Enoch do? Enoch, it, scripture says that Enoch walked with God. And scripture says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Who is agreeing here? Enoch has to agree with who? One person who is never progressive or never, never, never regressive. He is constant. We have to progress towards him. He's called that what of days? Ancient of days. Now that word is very interesting. The, the word for ancient of days is only in the, found in the one language called the Syriac language. It doesn't, is not in, not in found in Hebrew or any other language. Okay. Syriac. It's found in the book of Daniel, by the way. For those who want to get into that. Daniel chapter 7. The ancient of days. The ancient paths. And what does, what does Enoch do? He looks at all the so-called progressives around and he says, you know what? I am not going to have anything to do with this because it's all, it's all going to be judged. If you turn with me to, uh, uh, Jude chapter 1 and verse 14 onwards. The spiritual condition, the spiritual reality of the so-called progressive generation. Okay. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all. Okay. Daniel Webster was a guy who wrote the, I mean, who uh, assembled the dictionary. Daniel Webster. He's supposed to be, he's supposed to be the most, one of the very intelligent men. He was one of the very, very well read man, very intelligent guy, the one who wrote the entire, rather put the dictionary together. They asked him in the entire book or in the, in the entire dictionary, which is the one word which causes you tension? The word judgment. What is the one word which causes you tension? Is judgment. He said, I'm scared of this one word. What is that word? <laughs> judgment. <laughs> And look at the spiritual condition of the people in during uh, I mean Enoch's days to execute judgment on all to convict who are, who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which they're not just sinners they're ungodly sinners what adjectives Baba which I have spoken against them. What are they? These are the people who are speaking against God and they call themselves what? Progressives. So what did Enoch overcome? The progressives. The faith which overcomes the so-called progressive thought of this world is the faith of Enoch. And it's not easy, my dear brothers. Because even within the church, there are progressives. They are liberal thinkers, they are conservative thinkers. God is a liberal, they will say. They are only grace thinkers. Grace, 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 grace. Nothing to do with truth. You see that? I mean, that's the battle you see there in the United States, right? Conservative. Conservative. But look at the, the how, see the, the, what they call as tolerance. But I want, I want to show you something. The spirit of the progressive thought. Okay. Turn back to Genesis chapter 4 now. And read. let's read from verse 23 onwards. Genesis chapter 4, verse 23. 23 and 24. 
Okay, Genesis chapter 4 verses 23 and 24. Okay. Then Lamech said to his wife, Ada and Zilha, Hear my voice, wives of Lamech. The first polygamist, okay? So-called progressive. Can you imagine this? Okay, The first polygamist in the Bible is Lamech. Hmm? Hear my voice, uh, O wives of Lamech. Listen to my speech. This is a threat, okay? He's threatening his wives essentially. For I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. In other words, these so-called progressives are so intolerant. If anybody hurts them, oh, you're hurting my feelings. What will I do? Silence you. Social justice, exactly. They're called social justice warriors, Baba. Social justice. I mean, I used to watch all this before uh, President Trump's elections. I used to get so angry and irritated, I stopped watching. Because it was only creating, you know, <laughs> so much of anger inside of me. I said, stop watching. I said, enough of this now. Okay. You should see the kind of animosity they have towards anything which is conservative. Oh my goodness, they call you all kinds of names. Racist, Islamophobe, uh, homophobe. Oh, oh my goodness, what kind of a phobe? You are an Islamophobe. You cannot criticize Muhammad. By the way, they will never call anybody a prophet. Have you seen the social, uh, have you seen the liberal media or the mainstream media? They will never call Jesus a prophet. They will not call Isaiah the prophet. They will not call Jeremiah the prophet. They will not call anybody a prophet. But when it comes to Muhammad, the prophet. <laughs> that is the world. And what are they? Progressives. There was a place in uh, in London called uh, Speaker's Corner, the bastion of sp- free speech. You can go and say anything there. Now it has become from Speaker's Corner to Sharia Corner. You speak one thing again, Mama, they'll come up on, they'll come against you, they'll spank you, and the police themselves say, "We cannot protect you anymore." In other words, you cannot protect free speech anymore. Why? Because you are hurting. What we will do? We will silence you. This is the spirit of the progressives. And what does Enoch do? He overcomes that. But how do we overcome it? That's important. You see how different the spirit of the world is against the spirit of the is 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 from the spirit of Christ. Look at what it says in Isaiah chapter fifty-three, verse four onwards. Isaiah chapter fifty-three, verse four onwards. Hmm? Four and five, maybe four to six. You can read. Surely he has borne borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was what? He was wounded for our transgressions. And what does Lamech say? I have wounded a man and I have killed a man. But what did Jesus say? I will be wounded for your transgression. This is the way of the cross. This is the way of the world. And how does Enoch overcome? The way of the cross. The so-called spirit of progressives, the way of the cross. There are so many thoughts, my dear brothers. That is the reason why it says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. Every so-called progressive thought, what do we do? We bring it to captive and we punish it. And bring it to captive so that we bring it to the obedience. Let's see, look at that. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 onwards, maybe 4 onwards, yeah? Verse 4 onwards. Second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 onwards. Right? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What do we do? We cast down arguments. 
every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It has a high thing. What is it? Progressive thoughts. If you look at Israel, one of the things that they never did, even though there was a semblance of revival in Israel, one of the things that the kings did not do, they did not take the what what places away? High places away. That was the one thing they did not do and that was the, that will be the one thing which will cause them to go back to idolatry. See, And that is the reason why it's so important to ensure that our minds are trained by the things of God. Because even in the church you will find liberals, progressives <laughs> and conservatives. But you know, those who are conservatives in the spirit they will be ready to die for the liberal. I like that word, no? I disagree with you, but I will fight for the right for you to disagree. What a superb thought that is. That is the reason why we say we don't overcome evil with evil, but we overcome evil with good. That is how Enoch walked. And what happens over a period of time? If you are like this, it's quite possible that you you will become alone. They'll call you what? A radical. You see? After the sheep gate, after the fish gate comes the old gate. Yeah, (laughs) the old ancient paths. Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16. We looked at that several contexts. Let us look at it. One more context. Hmm? Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 16. Okay. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths, the ancient paths. Where the good way is. Wow. (laughs) And walk in it. That is exactly how Enoch walked with God. Oh my goodness. I see all these progressive thoughts all around. But Lord, what are the old ways? What are the ways that please you? Let me find them. Let me seek your ways and find your find your thoughts. Because my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Your thoughts are much, much higher than my thoughts. Lord, show me your ways. Teach me your th- paths. And lead me into the way of everlasting life. And see if there is any, way, any wicked way in me. Because I have to come up toward you. You will never change. You are the God who is same yesterday, today and forever. Okay, therefore, even when we are, uh, you know, when we are uh, growing up in the church and we are growing up in all these things, you know, one of the things that we have to constantly keep in mind, Lord, let me stray, stay, stay on that straight and narrow paths. And let me not turn to the left or to the right. And let me not become off the law. Let me not go away from the law and become liberal. License to sin, right? I want to be on that straight and narrow path. So, where the old paths are, where the good way is, and walk in it, then you will find rest to your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. You see, the stiff-necked people, we want we want to know the ways of the hidden. We want to know how they think. You see, see all that is western is not Christian. <laughs> Understand this. And many of the Eastern is still Christian in the, in, in, the, in the conservative side. The way we respect our elders, for example. I know you, you brothers who come from your country. I know you guys have a tremendous respect for your elders. I, I've, uh, when he, Sammy talks to his father, he calls him sir. I've never called my, my father sir. That kind of respect I've never seen. Okay. Calls him sir. Okay. You're too familiar with that, with that, Papa, daddy, okay, fine. But our older, old, old timers, they call him Pitaji. If you go to Andhra, you know how they address their father? Not Nana. Nanagaru. All my cousins. If, how do they call their grandfather? Tatagaru. 
amma and all okay but when it comes to their grandfather and grandmother and their father tadagaru nanagaru there's a garu which is added there and if you if you don't address them as garu my goodness they look down upon you how come you how come how come you have committed sacrilege literally you see you should see how the kind of reverence they have in in andhra I was, when I grew up there, right? So, Elaunarande, you should see the people who come to from Andhra to play places in Canada. I had, I had a roommate from Andhra. They, you know how he used to address me? My classmate, my contemporary. Vijaygaru, Alakadandi. I said, Baba, what is this respect? You know, this is how they respect. This is conservative. So, many of the Eastern ways are conservative ways. So, not all Western is Christian. And many of the Eastern is is is, is not non-Christian exactly. All right, there's there's something which is con- for, for example, um, homosexuality is still not accepted in India. Valentine's Day is not accepted in in India. RSS doesn't accept Valentine's Day. Okay, so if you if you if they find any pub in Valentine's Day, they will ask the fellow to tie Raki or the Mangal Sutra. Two things you have to do. You cannot have your girlfriend over here. Only only Mangal Sutra or Raki. You see, that is what I'm talking about. Okay, we have we have. I'm I'm saying that that's extreme, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you something. Not all that is Western is Christian. Okay, this is just not progressive. Okay, but today we have seen so many people now have living in relationships, live in relationships, even among Christians. Live in relationships. They are free to do whatever they want. That is not the freedom God is talking about. Okay. It is freedom from sin. It is free, it is not freedom to sin. Lot of difference. Lot of difference. Okay. So, there's only one way. The way of the cross. Galatians chapter 6 verse 14. Galatians chapter 6 verse 14. And 15 also. <clears throat> okay. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Okay. We don't accept anything secular. Okay. Nothing which is of a Christian is secular. Everything is sacred. Understand these things. Very, very important. Okay. Because we have, this, so this is, this is, we are living in a time like that. They will call you intolerant. In fact, the Bible says they will kill you and they will think that they're doing God a service. That the spirit of Lamech, why you're hurting us. Have you seen the so-called progressives? They will not accept any other thought except theirs. How come they have boycotted so many conservative speeches in so many universities, so-called progressive universities in in America? Understand this? It's there even in this country. I was listening to a uh, to a into an interview by an IAS topper, and she she teaches IAS uh, aspirants. I mean, she coaches IAS aspirants, and she says, you know what? One of the things that we have to tell people that we have to be tolerant towards the LGBT community, and you should say we have to accept them as a lifestyle. Poor people, they are born like that. Who's told you? Who told you that you are born like that? What is that? Progressive. It's there. I'm talking about India. I'm not talking about America. 
What happens is that these fellows, they become so intellectual now, they've, they've, they have passed the toughest exam in the country. And now that, because they have passed the toughest, toughest exam in the country, they think that they have the right to make, uh, give an opinion now. And their opinion has weight. Oh, here stopper said this. So what? Understand that? Okay, so what did Enoch overcome? He overcame the progressive thoughts of this world. Let's go to the next person. Let's go to, uh, one more, one more verse before we go there. Psalm 120. Psalm 120. I like this verse. Let's, let's read the whole chapter. Psalm 120. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he heard me. Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given to you or what shall be done to you, you false tongue? You know, they're all progressive thoughts, okay? Verse 4. Sharp arrows of a warrior with coals of the broom tree. <laughs> Woe is me that I dwell in Meshech, that I dwell among the t- tents of Kedar. My soul has dealt, dwelt too long with one who hates peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. That is Lamech. I'm not talking about Lamech of the line of Seth, who's the father of uh, Noah. He's talking about Lamech of the line of Cain. Alright, so the first person is Enoch. He walked by faith and what did he overcome? He overcame the progressive thought of this world. So let's, let's look at the other person now. Um, Hebrews chapter 11, let's read verse 7 now. <clears throat> uh, 7, that's enough. Yeah. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. What did he do? He prepared an ark for the saving of his household. He was moved with godly fear and he condemned the world. So what did he overcome of the world? Important for us to understand. Let us look at Genesis chapter 6, therefore, and let's read verse 3, and let's read from verse 5 to 11. Okay. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he indeed is also flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. And let's read from verse um, 5. Yeah. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil. That's what, that's interesting. Only evil continually and the Lord was sorry that he made. And verse 7. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And verse 9. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man. Perfect in his generations. He was, righteous. he was a righteous man. He was also called the dash of righteousness. He was a preacher of righteousness. Perfect in his generations. And Noah again walked with God. And Noah begat three, th- three sons. And verse 11. The earth also was corrupt before God. So what did Noah overcome? By faith. Verse 11 tells us very interestingly. Noah escaped what we call, uh, overcame the corruption which is in the world. How did he overcome it? First, by preparing a ark. A safe ark. Rather, a lifestyle which will overcome corruption. Okay? Let me show you a verse. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 to 10. Let's, let's read, uh, let's read from verses 8 to 10. Okay? Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, 
nor of me his prisoner, by, but share with me the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Now, who was given, who was saved us and called us with a holy calling. Yesterday, Peter was leading and he says, we have been called to a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. And verse 10, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death. Okay. And brought life. And what else? Immoral, immortality, not immorality, immortality, which essentially also means incorruption to light through the gospel. So what does the gospel bring? It brings us the way towards incorruption and it brings us the way towards eternal life. Okay. But what does it abolish? It abolishes death. How does it abolish death? Simple. The wages of sin is death. Who had the power of death over death? Initially, Satan. No, let me tell you, Satan doesn't have the power to kill you. He has the power to tempt you to sin, which will eventually kill you. Okay. He has the power to tempt you to sin. Okay. Because sin brings, I mean, temptation, when it's conceived, it brings forth sin. Sin, when it is birthed, I mean, brings forth death, essentially. So sin is the one which causes the wages of sin is death. So what did, what did, uh, what did the gospel bring? It brought the way to life. And to incorruption. How? First Peter chapter 1 verse 23 to 25. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23 to 25. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed. Okay, see, let me tell you something. All of us are tending towards corruption. That is what we call it, the law of entropy. Everything is going towards chaos. Nothing can be changed. Unless and until your inside is changed, you cannot change the outside. You can only delay the process of corruption, but you cannot deny the process of corruption. It is going towards disorder. Ultimately, we will all perish because we are all bound towards corruption. So what should happen to us? We should be born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, what is that word? By the word of God, which lives and abides forever. That means it is only by the word of God, which you are born of, you will have the ability to overcome the incorruption or the corruption which is in the world. First, you have to be born of God. Very important. So for people who are not born of God, who are not born again, this does not make any sense at all. So the question we have to constantly keep asking ourselves is, am I born again? We don't come to the word of God to get principles as to how to live lives. Okay. Principles, or yeah, we get principles. The principles are for only people who have been born again. Who genuinely, and one of the reasons, one of the ways that you know that you're truly born again is that you desire the pure milk of the word of God. It's just so important. Okay, Not just normal milk. Pure milk of the word of God. Pure milk. You know that milk that, that mothers have before their six months? It's called the milk which is rich with cholesterol, which is very important for the growth of the baby. Okay. The mind of the child is... Uh, so they say the longer you can give is better for the baby. I mean at least for one, for one year, but six months is recommended. Okay. It's very important. Otherwise, formula, of course, they, they look nice and round, but not very, not very, uh, not very pro- probable that their minds are developed. Okay. See, even you know, in in Andhra they use junnu. You know, junnu is made of the mother's milk that is supposed to be for the baby, but we we steal it and uh, we make 
or sweet. That's the reason why he says, don't boil the mother. Ah, okay, okay. These are all there in the law. All right, that is okay. That's only a principle over here. Now, understand this. What are we? We are born again of the corruptible side. And verse 24, because all flesh is grass, gaddi. As for man, his days are as grass, as the flower of the field, so he flourishes. And the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof remembers it no more. Who is Vijay? Nobody knows. Even if I put a monument and put my finger like this, I don't know why they do that. All statues in India, they are like this, or like this, or like this, I don't know. They can call me KTR, PJR, God, or whatever. The place thereof remembers it no more. Okay. But, but if you are born again by the word of God, you will live and abide forever. Okay. All flesh is as grass and the glory of the man is a flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God abides forever. Now, this is the word which was preached to you by the gospel. So what is it? So how do, first of all, how should you fight in corruption? I mean, fight corruption, first be born again. Impossible for anybody else to fight corruption. It is impossible. It is impossible to fight corruption, by the way. You can have all movements, Anna Hazare, Tamudu Hazare, or any Hazare. Akka Hazare, Anna Hazare, doesn't matter. Okay. Any Hazare will not be able to stop corruption because we are bound, especially in India. You know, we voters are also very corrupt. We take money from every party. And we, <laughs> we choose the party we want. Who gives us the maximum money? We take money from everybody. By SR Congress, TDP, uh, Congress, BJP. Everybody we take. Who gives the biggest money? We will go and vote for him. We are also corrupt. Yadharaja, Tadapraja. As the king, so are the people. And who is the king in, the, in democracy? Well, the people are the king. Ultimately, you will get the leaders whom you choose. The leaders are a reflection of the people, by the way. Understand that. Okay. Now, if that is the case, no, okay. If that is the case, okay, browse through uh, the leaders of this world today. Understand this. So, first of all, you have to be born again. Second thing, you have to constantly fight corruption in your life. Because it says, God is not mocked. Galatians chapter 6. Please don't turn there, please. Galatians chapter 6. Verse... Yeah, seven onwards, seven onwards. Yeah, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that also he will reap. For if he sows to his flesh, he will reap what? Corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will also reap everlasting life. So what is Noah doing? He is building a life. No, he is building an ark, of course, ark, which is inside and outside with pitch. It's a picture of a life which will stand the judgment which is coming into the world. Because Enoch also warned about judgment and he lived in the light of judgment. His son's name was Methuselah, which means this guy dies, judgment comes. One day, if he, just imagine if COVID was there those days. <laughs> My goodness, Methuselah had one cough, gone case. Everybody went on a fasting and prayer, asking God for mercy. If he dies, judgment comes. He lived in the light of judgment. I'm telling you something. You will never experience the mercy of God unless until you understand the judgment of God. It says, when the judgments of God are on the earth, the the people learn the way of righteousness. It says in Isaiah, one of the verses. Okay, when the, when your judgments are on this world, people learn the way of righteousness. Okay, judgments of God are good. 
There's a God who doesn't, he, he, he punishes sin. The, the word for uh, uh, striking is Make. One of the names of God is Yahweh Make, the God who strikes. The first person whom, whom he struck his own son. He struck the rock and the water flowed. He struck him on the cross and we have eternal life. Life came. God is a God who strikes. God is a jealous God. So if we never understand the mercy of God, it is mercy and truth which have kissed each other. And the righteousness and whatever has met each other. Justice has met each other. Righteousness is on the cross. Everything is on the, upon the cross. So unless and until you understand the judgments of God, you will, you will never experience the mercy of God. Okay. I am the holy and lofty one who lives in eternity and I also look for those people who tremble at my word, it says. Tremble at my word. So understand these things. So, so if you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you will reap. So you have to build a life, a life which will ensure that you will stand the life, uh, the judgment which is coming, which is a life which is protected, a life which is protected by the by, by the by the by the word of God. The, the boundaries have been spa- have been placed in your life, and you're protected. Let me let me show you how that happens. How generally, how generally, uh, uh, corruption enters into into life. Let's let's into our lives. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter thirty-one, verse twenty-four. Deuteronomy chapter tw- thirty-one, verse twenty-four onwards. Hmm? <clears throat> chapter thirty-one, verse twenty-four. So it was when Moses had completed writing the words of the law in a book when they had, when they were finished that Moses commanded the Levites who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, saying. Take this book of the law and put it beside the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there as a witness against you. For I know your rebellion and your stiff necked. If today, while I am yet alive with you, you have been rebellious against the Lord, how much more after my death? Man, those words, you know, what should happen? Just think about it. Pastor James is the one who started the church. Okay. Just imagine if he if he were in the place of Moses, he looks at all of us, his children. Today, when I'm alive with you, you guys are so rebellious. What will happen if I'm gone? Look at what it says next verse. You have to apply it to our own situation. Okay, gather to me all the elders of your tribes and your officers that I may speak these words in their hearing and call heaven and earth to witness against them. For I know that after my death you will become. Utterly corrupt. Why? It's tension. Now think about that. Only one generation after Moses fought corruption. After that, whenever the godly influences over their lives were gone, what happened? They went back to corruption. Whenever who, who was gone from their lives? A judge was gone from their lives. What was God's order? Judges, not kings. Judges. Who was the last judge? Of course, Sam. Samuel was the last judge. He was a prophet and a judge. So as long as you had a person who judged, as long as there was a leadership which was absolutely uncompromising, they were okay. But when the leadership just went away for a few minutes or for a few days, look at what it says in Exodus chapter 32. Exodus chapter 32, and let's read from verse uh, 1, 1 first. Now when uh, the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Can 
Come, make us gods that shall go before us. For as for this fellow, other translations will use the word, this fellow Moses, the man who brought us up from Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Verse 7. And you know the story, right? And the Lord said to Moses, get down for your people whom you... Whom? I mean, it's interesting, no? That is the tension of the leader. When the people are doing well, I brought them out of Egypt. When the people are doing bad, you brought them out of Egypt. That is the tension of a leader. You want to become good leadership? You'll know the tension is. That's the reason why he said not many should become <laughs> teachers. They will say, ah, what are the way, who are the people whom you mentored? Call them here. So please understand the tension of the leader. You brought up. Lord, but I, it is you. No, 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 it is you. You are responsible now. The people whom you brought out of your, out of, out of, uh, land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. Immediately. What has happened? The godly influence over their lives. For us, for a, for a brief moment, what was gone out of their lives, the influence of the godly leader just went away. And they went back to their old ways. That is how corruption sets in. Therefore, what is the remedy for this? Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. 12 and 13. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 and 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my ah, presence only, but now much more. Because grace always does much more. Yeah. The much mores of grace. Okay, That means you... That means the convictions of your leader have now become your convictions. Okay, That's exactly what happened. When Daniel was off, what happened to Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego? They stood by themselves. They said, King, we are not going to. Just because Daniel is gone, what does the sister say, when the cat is out? Ah, the mouse come to play. Ah. When the cat is out, the mouths, mouth, mice have come to play. Yeah, the mice have come to play. The cat is out, the mice have come to play. That means the true colors come out, all the mice inside of you. Come out. <laughs> chua. <laughs> the ch- what does a chua do? It eats, no? It, it, it eats off. The corruption inside of you, all those things inside of the, you become, the flesh inside of you begins to manifest when the influence of the godly leader is gone. So what is important? Therefore, we have to say, this person's convictions have to become my convictions. Because in the new covenant, you don't need anybody to teach you. Everybody will be taught of the Lord. You will, of course, you God may use several people in your life to disciple you, to discipline you. But over a period of time, you should be able to walk with God alone. That's the whole purpose of teaching. To take you to God and to make your convictions strong enough so that when the influences of the godly people, the people in your life are taken away for a season, you are still able to stand. Okay. That is how you have to build your life to fight corruption. In this world. Did you understand? Okay. So, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Okay. Proverbs chapter 6, my favorite. Verse 6 onwards. What is it? Ah, thank you. <laughs> Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be Wise, which has no captain, no overseer, or no ruler. What does it do? 
it gathers our supplies in the summer and uh, provides our supplies in the summer and gathers our food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber. What is coming? Look at uh, a little folding of hands to sleep. What what will come? What will come? Uh, so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Like a prowler. Like a prowler means like a thief. And you need like an armed man. That's it. Once an armed man comes, what happens? You're given. That's it. You're gone. Okay. A little sleep. That's the reason why he says, I, I, I went to the, uh, um, uh, to the, to the, to the field of a second. 25? Proverbs 25. Please turn there. I forgot to put that, please. One of my favorite proverbs. Which I'm trying to practice now. Uh, to get up early in the morning and not to turn my back as one rebellious. <laughs> okay. What is that? 24, read that please, 24. Look at, look at what it says. I went to the field of the lazy man, of the sluggard, and the man, and the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding, and there it was, all overgrown with thorns. What is it? What is, what is coming corruption? I, I told you, for thorns to grow, you have to do nothing, huh? To go to hell, you should do nothing. It's automatic. It's a default, <laughs> default setting. <laughs> In your life. Okay. It is your ROM. It is a read-only memory. It has been burnt into your system. <laughs> okay. And there it was all grown with thorns. Its surface covered with nettles. Its stone was broken down. Stone wall was broken down. What was broken down? Stone wall was broken down. The protections just came out of their lives. And when I saw it, I considered well. I looked on it and received instruction. Boy, my goodness. That's what, that's what you should see. You should see the lives of people who have been, you should learn from everybody. You know, in, 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 uh, Telugu, there's a very interesting uh, poem. It says, uh, Agipulla, Kukapilla, Sabubilla. Agipulla means a matchstick. Kukapilla means a, a puppy dog. And uh, Sabubilla means a piece of soap. Meaning, if I have the inspiration to write a poem, I can use anything. Okay. I can use Akipulla, that is a matchstick, or a puppy dog, or a soap, soap bar. Anything, as long as I have an inspiration of the, or a heart of a poet, I can write poetry. Yeah. I have to have inspiration. But all scripture is given by the uh, inspiration of God. Is profitable for doctrine, for Reproof is a word for conviction. Actually, the word is to get, to build strong convictions and to correction, to make doing things which are bent in our lives straight and to discipline us, to chastise us and to keep us in the straight and narrow path. Okay. So every situation, every circumstance and all these being, these things have been written for our learning upon whom the ends of the world have come, Baba. Everything has been given for us so that we will ensure that we walk in that straight and narrow path. So, so shall, okay, let's see. A little slumber, a little sleep, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. What has happened? Corruption has already set in in your life. Why? Because you do not guard it. And God says, faith, Noah had the faith to overcome what? Corruption that is in the world. How did he do that? He built a ark for the saving of his family. A built a life which will insulate him from the corruptive influences of this world. You need to understand that. The world is forever drawing you towards corruption. How did he do that? If you turn with me to Luke's gospel, chapter 17, another way. Luke's gospel, chapter 17, <clears throat> verses 26 to 29, if you will. Hmm? Two kinds of people are mentioned over there. 
and as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives and were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Next, verse 20, 28, likewise as in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. Now look at this. What is mentioned specifically according to the days of Noah? They married and they were given in marriage. So what was the cause of corruption? That is the reason why he tells the people of Israel, when you go into the land of promise, do not make any marriage alliances with them. You will never be able to convert them. They will convert you. For sure. Okay. Understand this. What brought corruption into the life of Samson? Marriage alliance with the Philistine. Anointed person of God. You know, one man of God was praying and asking God and seeking God for anointing. Lord, grant me the anointing, 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 and uh, and and strength. Um, and one man, and, and when when he was praying, God answered him and asked him this question: Oh, you want anointing and strength? What kind of anointing and strength do you want? You want the anointing and strength of Samson, or you want the anointing and strength of Daniel? Or Joseph. What a question to ask, no? Specific. When you have the anointing and strength of Daniel, you could be a eunuch. So-called impotent. In as far as the world is concerned. But you have the strength to overcome your flesh and your and the devil and the world. Are you okay with that? What a statement that is, no? Huh? It has to convict all of us to... Because it's the eunuchs who overcome. The spirit of Jezebel was crushed by a eunuch. Okay. The spirit of uh, of the Ethiopian who couldn't change his colors was overcome by Abed Melech the Ethiopian who was a eunuch. Understand that? What is he? Abed Melech. My king is my... I am the servant of my... King Ebed means servant. The word, you know, it's a very interesting word. Ebed comes from the Hebrew word Abad, which means worship. I worship my king. I serve my king. He says, get thee behind me, Satan. I, I should worship the God, my God alone and him only. I should serve. Both worship and serve is in Ebed Malik. I worship my king. I serve my king. And I am a eunuch who's separated. I've become a eunuch for Christ's sake. I've become a eunuch for the kingdom of God's sake. What has happened? He's called Abed Melech, the Ethiopian eunuch, whom, what the scripture says, who cannot change his colors, whose nature cannot be changed. And his nature was changed by the glory of God. Why? Because he became a eunuch. He did not allow the corruption of this world to come into him. When we say these words, people get really upset because these are so, so important. And even after you get married to a believer, it is important for you both to grow strong together. Otherwise, what will happen? The other person who is weaker will pull you down. It's so very important for husbands and wives to grow together, to complement one another and to share each other's burdens in that sense. So that you know that you complement, literally complement one another. One another. What you are weak in, the other person is strong in. And if one falls, what will the other person do? Lift you up and not go, go along down with you. Understand that. 
So we are tough with young people. Why? Simply because, boss, you cannot make stupid decisions here. This is this is not just your happily life ever after here. I see sorrow, not happy. We are looking at happy only in eternity, even if it's sorry momentarily, temporarily. If temporarily, if you reject that person, at least for for a few for a few months and few days or few years, you have some hangover. But after a while, you'll be okay. That eternal sorrow. So that is the reason why Second Corinthians chapter six verse fourteen will say something very important. Look at what it says. Second Corinthians chapter six verse fourteen onwards. Hmm? Do not be unequally yoked. The word for yoke is zygot. <laughs> zygot. Together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with, with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with unbeliever? Verse 14. Yeah, verse 16. And what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Okay? So, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Okay? And what? how, how long did it take for him to build the ark? 120 years. It's a long obedience. To build this life is not a one day thing. Boy. Consistency. Do one thing for 21 days. Consistently. You will see how tough it is. Hmm? Go for exercise for 21 days. Ma. <laughs> Yesterday. I was, uh, see, because uh, Sunday, Monday, I was a little tired, I was a little overworked. And yesterday, oh, Sunday, yesterday is Tuesday, right? Yeah, Tuesday. So I said, oh, I couldn't walk. I said, what do I do? No exercise today. You know what I did? After uh, 3 o'clock in the morning, 3, 3.45, I just got up and said, come on, enough of it. And I went around this place, colony, brisk walk, just to ensure that my metabolism will not stop. Okay. For almost close to an hour and hour, hour and ten minutes, about eight thousand steps, maybe I don't know. Just to ensure that you that habit that you started, let it continue. Twenty-one days, one habit you put, it's not easy. Look at look at Raj is coming into shape now. My goodness, how he was and how he is becoming. There's a metamorphosis which is going on. Okay, <laughs> transformation. Okay, <laughs> okay, understand this. So these are 20, it's a long obedience in a single direction. It doesn't happen in a, in a day. That's the reason why it says in Romans chapter 2, let's read from Romans chapter 2, verse 6 to 11. Romans chapter 2, verse 6 to 11. Hmm? Yeah. Who will render to each one according to his deeds? If you don't like that. Who will render? God will render. Eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor and the word for immortality is incorruption. Actually, yes, we use as a word, okay? But to those who are self-seeking and who do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul who does evil, on the Jew first and also to the Greek, but glory and honor and peace to everyone who works what is good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So how, so what are the faculties that have to be trained in order for us to live a life which will not allow corruption, a life which protects us from the corrupting influences of this world? Very important, right? So we let us see what are those two things which you need to develop. Let's go to uh, Hebrews uh, 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 chapter 12, verse 28 and 29 and uh, and 
verse 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, okay? Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. That means everything that can be shaken in your life has to be shaken and has to be taken out. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse um, 9 onwards. Okay, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which was given me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. So what is important for you to build something which is which will not be movable? It is the foundation which is important. Okay, And another builds upon it. But let each one take heed as to how he will build on it. Okay, For no other foundation can be laid except that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Uh, if anyone builds on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, etc., his uh, that, that day that day the fire will test it but how do we what are the two faculties that we have to develop in order for us to have a life which will protect us from the influences of the corruption of this world first peter chapter 3 verse 20 and 22 22 22 okay i want to i want to look at this this is very important hmm? <clears throat> who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long suffering waited in the days of noah while the ark was being prepared the ark was being that means Noah was working upon this ark, a life which essentially symbolizes a life which will stand judgment. In which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. And look at this, verse 21. There is also an antitype or a, or a prototype which now saves us. What is that? Baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a Ah, good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now let me tell you something. If you read through the book of uh, the two epistles of Timothy, okay, one of the studies that you can do, I'll encourage all young people to do the study, okay, what are the direct commands that Paul gives Timothy? What are the Direct. No, there are several teachings he does. He says, this is how you have to deal with widows. This is how you do, how, these kinds of elders you have to, you have to appoint. These are the kinds of things you have to do, etc., etc. This is how you have to behave in the church. But there are direct commands that Paul gives Timothy. And I want to look at one direct command. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 18 to 20. 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 18 to 20. Okay? Mm. This charge. Okay, what is that? Charge. Other translations will use the word command. Okay. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which previously made concerning you that by them you might wage the good warfare. How? Having faith and a good conscience. You see? Which some having rejected concerning faith have made shipwreck. So what is important? Two things which are important. First is a good conscience. Now I told you, conscience is not your guide. It is your Gold. It is not your guide. It is only your gold. It has to be trained. It has to be a good conscience. Okay. It has to be a good conscience. It has to be trained by the word of God. You have to have the faith and you have to have good conscience. That means a conscience which keeps on telling you what is, what is of corruption, what is of incorruption. Constantly warning you. Okay. That is the reason why you need te- teachings. Okay. Turn with me to, uh, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 8 onwards, if I'm right. <clears throat> Just a minute, I'll tell you exactly. Yeah, most nine. Hmm? Um, moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set, order, set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find acceptable words, the and what was written was upright words of truth. The words of the wise are like goads. 
and the words of scholars are like well-driven nails given by the one shepherd. So what, is God, what, what do you have to do? You have to have a conscience which is trained by the words of the wise, which is essentially the word of God, the standards of scripture. So they'll constantly keep telling you, this is not the right way to do it. This is not the right word to say. This is not the right attitude to have. What is happening? Your conscience is always probing you, is guide, is not guiding you. It is goading you. Okay. Why? Because it has been trained by the word of God. Okay. You understand that? You understand? Okay. So this is how we, we say, we live, we build a life, a build a life which will keep us in that straight and narrow path. Very important for us to understand. Why? Uh, let's go back to First Timothy chapter one, verse eighteen. Having faith and a good conscience, verse nineteen. Having faith and a good conscience, yeah. Which having, uh, which uh, which some having rejected concerning faith have suffered shipwreck, and then go go on. Of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan that they may not learn to, they may learn not to blaspheme. And what is it? The pro- the problem is this: Hymenaeus and Alexander, they had teaching which was spreading like what? Gangrene. Teaching. So important. The end of a commandment, the goal of our instruction is this, what? Love. From a pure heart. From a good conscience. And from a sincere faith. Three important things. Understand. So how did he overcome? He he overcame by living in the reality of his baptism and having a good conscience toward God. Alright. Let's look to the next, next person. So we finished... Uh, Abraham, sorry, we finished uh, Enoch, we finished uh, Noah, and obviously by induction it is Abraham. Okay, uh, what did what did Abraham uh, overcome? Let's go to Joshua chapter uh, two, Joshua chapter two, Joshua chapter two, and let's read from verse two onwards. <clears throat> okay, yeah, no, no, it's not twenty-four. Joshua chapter twenty-four, verses two onwards. Joshua chapter 24 verses 2 onwards. Yeah. All right. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Including who? Abraham. What were they serving? They were serving idols. What kind of idols were they serving? You need to understand. What are the idols that they were serving? What? No, when we talk about idols, it's just not, yes, uh, Saraswati is one idol. Is goddess of education. Saraswati Putraha. Who is that person? Ramanujan. Okay. So somebody told me, you know, one of those goddesses apparently, when he was meditating in the temple, they asked him, how did you get all these equations, Baba? They told him, the goddess, uh, some goddess, Minakshi temple, no? Minakshi temple. He was meditating, he was, a, he was a pundit in Minakshi temple. The goddess gave him all these in a book. That is the reason why he became Ramanujan, the greatest mathematician from India. Okay. okay see, they say that uh, mathematics is a science of, he's a queen of all sciences. And number theory is a queen of all mathematics. And who is the god of mathematics, uh, number theory? Ramanujan. But how did he get, the, get those ideas? From madam. Okay, the other goddess. Gods and God. The Saraswati, Lakshmi, I remember when we were in uh, Tolichoki, we used to have, we had all kinds of people in our apartment, okay? So we just had Abigail and all our neighbors came and said, uh, 
విహార్ బేబీ అని సెట్ ఎవరు పుట్టారు నువ్వు అమ్మ అమ్మాయి పుట్టింది అబ్బాయి ఓ యు హ్యావ్ అ గర్ల్ ఓ లక్ష్మీ హెస్ కమ్ హోమ్ అనే సెట్ మమ్మ దిస్ ఇస్ నాట్ లక్ష్మీ ఇస్ అబిగేల్ ఓకే దిస్ ఇస్ నాట్ లక్ష్మీ ఓకే ఫర్ బికాస్ ఇన్ 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 దర్ కస్టమ్ ఇఫ్ గర్ల్ చైల్డ్ ఇస్ బాన్ ఇట్స్ ఇట్స్ అ గుడ్ ఉమెన్ వై బికాస్ దే వర్షిప్ నాట్ ద గర్ల్ దే వర్షిప్ ద గాడెస్ లక్ష్మి ఫర్ దట్ సిక్కా మనీ his name is vishal sikha means lot of money hmm? vishal means lot <laughs> sikha means money <laughs> vishal sikha okay so what do they what do they worship go to galatians chapter 4 and verse 1 to 3 first hmm? okay let's see now i said that the heir as long as he is a child does not differ at all from a slave though he is a master of all but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the father even so we even so we when we were children were in bondage under the elements of the world the word for elements is the basic principles of this world what are the basic principles of this world what shall we eat what shall we drink and what shall we wear and what car we shall drive okay <laughs> i have i have decided minus nano so that's what i'm telling you know if you get a speeding ticket in nano you should become a mallu what, what do you mean by that nano you should say okay <laughs> how can i have a speeding ticket that's what it means okay how can it be nano nano <laughs> you see you see so nano is the best so what so this is exactly how they what is the basic Okay. basic principles of this world things of this world what shall we eat what shall we drink and what shall we wear and what shall we put on this is the whole thing that they're thinking about every day okay now some people say yeah yeah we worship education oh you are wearing education as your garment right or or a big position in a corporate company that is your garment that is your righteousness yeah exactly that is what it is what gives you essentially a right standing with society not necessarily a right standing with god <coughs> the basic elements of this world what should you do? he by the way he never asked god what what am i going to but he did get care i mean he was when when whenever there was a famine <coughs> what happened immediately he went to what egypt but what does god say i brought you out of Egypt and led you to the wilderness and I caused you to hunger so that you will learn. Ah. Man shall not live by bread alone. This is not your God. You will teach this fellow who is his God. Man shall not live by bread alone. That means your appetites are not going to rule you. how did what did therefore what did he overcome he overcame the basic elements of this world the basic principles upon which the entire world and the system of this world is 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 built upon let's turn again to same chapter 4 and verses 8 and 9 verses 8 and 9 <clears throat> galatians chapter 4 verses 8 but then indeed when you did not know god you served those which by nature are not gods 
What are those, those things? But now after you have known God, or rather by known by God, how is it that you are turning again to those weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be brought back into bondage? So many people in Christendom are actually bond, are in bondage of the basic elements thing, or elementary things of this world. Okay. Why do you, they want to educate people? Oh, what will happen if he doesn't get educated? What kind of a job will he have? The whole purpose of education is not not to learn, but to get a job. Understand that? Those are very elementary principles of this world. In Telugu, there is a saying, no? Koti vidyalu, koti koroke. All that you learn is for eating. Of course, you decide which place to eat. It could be Sheraton. Or it could be a Monday. Okay. But ultimately everybody is at the same level. But in, in Tripleti near that river, near Tripleti there's one Panipuri store. There everybody is worshipping that Panipuri fellow only. Okay. The CEO from 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 Infosys and the professor from Tripleti, everybody is standing before that fellow and saying, Amma. Okay. All are people who, that is the reason why Bible says in Proverbs chapter 25 verses 1 to 3, I want to show you one very interesting verse, a very interesting word which is so important. 25, Proverbs chapter 25 verses 1 to 3. Mm-hmm. Sorry. 28, 1 to 3? 28, 1 to 3? Okay, one second. One second, one second. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. One second, one second, one second. Wait, wait, wait. 23 verses 1 to 3. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Petros, that's right. For Pete's sake. <laughs> when you sit down to eat with a ruler, it's interesting. Consider carefully what is before you. Who's the ruler of this world? Okay. What did, what did, uh, uh, Jesus was, he was tempted by the ruler of this world and he showed them the kingdoms of this world and it's what? Glory. Okay, those are glory. And the first temptation, at least recorded temptation, is with the with the appetite. Okay. And put a knife in your throat if a man is given, if you're a man given to appetite. Now think about this, no? No, let me let when, the, when I was looking at looking at the word appetite, the word for appetite in the Hebrew is very interesting. It is nefesh. You know what the word nefesh means? Soul. In other words, if you are a soulish man and not a spiritual man, beware. Okay, a natural man does not understand the things of the Spirit of God because they are foolishness to him. Turn turn there, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, let me show you the exact verses there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Mm. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Oh boy, what I was, when I looked at that, I was stunned, okay? Not chapter 6, uh, chapter 2, right? Uh, doctor? Verse 13 onwards, yeah? Maybe let's read from verse third, uh, 12 onwards. Hmm. 12 onwards. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, 
But the spirit which is from God, that we might know the things which are freely given to us by God, these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. That is the reason why whenever you are studying Bible, you interpret the Bible with the Bible and not with anything else. Even if there is a commentary, if the commentary does not agree with the Bible, you do not bring anything which is external into the uh, into the word of God. That is the reason why one man of God said, diamond cuts diamond. Okay, nothing else. If you want to divide the Bible, you have to divide the word of truth by the word of truth. Right? That is how you rightly divide it. Okay? So, but the natural man, the word, the word is, the natural man is the man of the soul. The man of the soul. What is he? He is only concerned about the things of the mind, which will satisfy his thinking. Appetites in his, of his mind basically. He's got a carnal mind. A mind which is not trained by the Spirit of God. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually designed. All that he can think is at the most at the fleshly level or at the intellectual level. Nothing more than that. He's concerned with the basic things of this world. The elementary things of this world. Which are non-gods. So what was Abraham serving? He was serving non-gods. So by faith he left that, right? What does it, what does it say? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to God. Everybody say that, called to get out. Say that. That's it. We are called to get out of this world. From serving these elementary, basic, fundamental longings of our body. What do we do? We beat our body to subjection and we say, we will not be men given to appetite. Men and women given to appetite. We are not going to live by this elementary, basic, fundamental things of this world. Okay. We want to be a people who are spiritual, who are of the, uh, of the spirit and not of the soul. Okay. Understand that. Okay, so what does he do? By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise. <laughs> you see, even in the land of promise, he is not attached to the land. By the way, when uh, Lot, leaves, Lot leaves him, where is he looking? Down. He's not even looking at what land I'm going to inherit. God said, look up, left, right, etc. It says, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And verse 10 will say, fantastic verse. Why? For he waited for the city which was, whose foundations, uh, which, which, uh, which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That means his citizenship was of heaven, not of this earth. Citizenship is not of this earth. That is the reason why Philippians chapter 3 verse 17 will say, Philippians chapter 3 verse 17, no? <clears throat> Brethren, join in following my example. Okay, not only my example, and note those who so walk, and how tragic that there are only very few who walk like this. What is the challenge there for? What is the challenge there for? Lord, let me be among those people who will walk like this. As you have us for a pattern. Okay. Then how, why? For many walk, it says. 
of whom I have told you often, and now I tell you weeping. Now, by the way, when, when Paul is saying that his heart is broken, he is not just condemning those people. He's not looking down upon those people because these are the people whom he actually ministered and has brought, and has brought them to the Lord. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the what? Of the cross of Christ. And look at this next verse. I like that. Okay, verse 19. Whose end is destruction. Why? Because their God is their belly. So isn't it interesting? The first thing that Eglon, uh, Barak does to Eglon, what does he do? He takes the dagger and he puts it through his what? The belly, so that what comes out, even the entrails come out. What is there deep down inside of you? The desires of the appetite of the flesh, everything has to come out. So what happens when Judah Judas hangs? What comes out? All the covetousness comes out. What are you given? You're given to money, to the love of money. It has to come out. That's exactly the reason why Elisha tells Gehazi, I know your fire plan. Panchavarsha Pranalika. Five-year plan, I know. What is your problem? No, I only took one one bar of silver and two changes of garments. I know. I know what is there deep down inside of your heart, deep down, deep down inside of your belly. And you corrupted by yourselves with those things which the world, actually, which that fellow, why was he corrupt? Because for him, what? Prestige was important. Honor was important. Strength and success in this world was important. What caused him leprosy is because he was connected to this world. And what did I deliver him from? I delivered him from the world. And you wanted the same things which caused him leprosy. I know deep down inside of you, what is there? Your belly is your God. You are a man given to appetites. Okay. Whose God is their belly. So what should go on? It should... The sword should go, go through our belly. So what should we do? We have to deny ourselves. Pick up the cross and to follow him daily. Daily, daily. If you can put Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 in the message translation. I like that. <laughs> Super it is. Huh? Super. It's beautiful in the message. And we'll come back to this again. Okay. So here's what you want you to do. What, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating. You're going to work. And walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Kya baat hai? Super, no? If God is a God of your eating, I'll tell you something. Recently we had a pastor's conference. Okay. There were two pastors conferences that were going on. One was for, so, uh, serving vegetarian, the other was serving non-vegetarian, we were serving non-vegetarian. Those guys went there to that other pastor's conference and they knew that they were serving vegetarian. So where did they come? They came to our conference and they started eating what? Why? What is their God? Simple. 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 QED. Hence proved. What is their God? That is one of the reasons why we have to beat our body to subjection. Fast regularly. Tell this fellow, Baba, fat fellow, <laughs> it's coming out. You shall not be my God. Whatever is it, sometimes you should shut down your mobile phones and you know, tell, tell people, boss, I'm not available. Throw that fellow, mobile phone, laptop, everything, throw it and be with your puppet and study with you. I'll tell you, you will, that will be the, one of the best days of your life. 
even then your thoughts will wander. Then you will know how, how much you missed your mobile phone. <laughs> or you didn't miss it at all. Depends. Okay? Let's go back. Their end is, their end is a destruction. Their God is a belly. They exult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, glory, their God is a belly whose glory is a shame, whose minds, who set their mind you know, the, it's it's a mind set. You see, minds are set. It's it's bent in one direction. You know, it's been set. Meaning, <laughs> you can't change it. Set on earthly things. Why? For our citizenship is of heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to His glorious body, according to the working by which all things. Uh, by which he is able to subdue all things to himself. Okay. Just so what should you do? Colossians chapter 3 in NIV. Please verses 1 and 2 in the NIV. 1 to 4 maybe. Yeah. 1 to 4. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of, uh, right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And verse 3 and 4. For you died and your life is now Hidden with God in Christ, with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. 21, 33 to 35, Luke. <clears throat> 21, 33, 31, 33 to 35, Luke 21. And He looked up. Okay, even so, when you see these things I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass until all is uh, happened, all things happen. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be careful. Your hearts will be weighed down by dissipation with drunkenness and anxieties of this life. Other, other words will say the word uh, gluttony. Okay? Gluttony and drunkenness. Drink. A drink could be anything. One man of God said, once, first the beer is chilled. First the beer is chilled. Then when it goes through your throat, it is, it is thrilled. Then after that you are billed. Okay, after that you are billed. And, and you go on the bike and you get killed. <laughs> first cold, chilled beer sold here. So you, the, first the beer is chilled. Then it is, when it goes through your throat, it is thrilled. You are, you are very thrilled. After that, you are billed. <laughs> and then you caught your bike and you are killed. The wages of sin is death. That's exactly what happens when you are drunk by this world. It is first in it. It is very, it's chilled and cold and it's nice and cozy. It looks good. Have you seen how the beer ads are? It's foaming and it's chilled. And when it goes through your throat, it is, you are thrilled. And after that, you get the Bill, and finally it kills. That is the reason why when wine is there in their glass, don't look at it. Boy, and you say, what glittering color. That is the reason why he tells Lemuel, Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine. It is not for kings, Lemuel. That wine could be anything. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's move on to the last one. So what did he overcome? He overcame the idolatry of this world. 
the elementary basic things of this world, Abraham overcame by faith. Do you have that faith? Here's a question. Come on, Question. Let's do the last one. We'll go, we'll, I said three men and one woman. Okay, who is that woman? Madam Sarah. Let's go to Isaiah chapter fifty-one. What did so Sarah overcome by faith? Isaiah chapter fifty-one and verse one to two. The last one. Okay, I'm done. It's already eleven. Listen to me, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you have been hewn and to the hole of the pit from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. Because she was, a, she was a, by faith, Sarah, when she did not have the strength, bore, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, bore a child. But what did she overcome is important. You know what she, over, what, she, what she overcame? Especially according to me, which is very close to my heart, First Peter chapter 3, we know this very well. First Peter chapter 3, verse 1 onwards. Enoch overcame the progressive thoughts of this world. Noah overcame the corruption which is in the world. Abraham overcame the idolatry of this world. And Sarah overcame the fashions of this world. Okay, let's see that. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. Very difficult for wives, but it's the word of God. If you have an issue, when you reach heaven, you can talk to Peter. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment, adornment, that word, adornment, you know what it means? Your cosmos, your world. Let not your world be what? The external. Merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing of gold or putting on fine apparel. Yes, Francis Bacon said, apparel proclaimeth the man, but not the woman. Okay. Rather be, let it be the hidden person of the heart, the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted God, oh, what did they do? They, what, what, what was their world? Their world was the hidden person of the heart. What did they overcome? Not the external, but the internal. So they overcame the external and they concentrated on the internal. The external is not important. The internal is important. What I'm inside is important. That is the reason why he says, if you make the inside clean, then you will also be able to make the outside clean. Make the inside clean. So the outside also may be, may be made clean. As Sarah, verse 6, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not fair. So what did she overcome? She overcame the fashions of this world. The fashions of this world. What was the fashion of this world? External. What is the most important uh, thing that you find in a woman's purse? Mirror. <laughs> Vanity mirror says Samir. He corrected me. Thank you, Samir, for <laughs> the <laughs> for the correction. Okay. You see that? Uh, vanity mirror. And what are the mirrors for? To examine your inner and not the outside. First Corinthians chapter 7. Last verse for the day. I like this verse. Verse 29 on towards 29 to 31. 29 to 31. But this I say brothers, the time is short. That from now on even those who have wives should be as though they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep. 
those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice and those who buy as though they did not possess and those who use this world as not misusing it for the form of this world is passing away you know what the word in form the word in the in the telugu is very interesting it says the lokapu natana gatinchipothu the pretense of this world is passing away it's a whole different sermon but one thing is passing away what is passing away the external adornment you know what one day god will uncover this and show exactly what you are and what will happen in this presence you will know that you are absolutely naked that's what he tells the laodicean church you have this that you think that you are clothed that you are adorned but you do not know that you are wretched you are poor you are blind and you are naked so let, let us not so what did sarah by faith she overcame the external and she concentrated on the internal the hidden person of the heart the incorruptible beauty of a meek and a quiet spirit so let not be your world be of the external because the world is only looking at your external oh they look beautiful as a couple bookers what is there inside that okay but that is important sparks inside full fire oh they look wonderful as a couple a look only reality is different you see that is the reason why let not be your approval from men but which is from god i'll show you one last verse and we can stop there turn with me to first corinthians chapter 10 if i'm right first corinthians chapter 10 and let's read verse 18 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 18 1 <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 10 observe what am i saying sorry bro is it 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 18 then mm. is it the verse yeah yes 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 for not he who commends himself is approved but whom the lord commends he is approved therefore seek not the approval of the world and therefore of men because the world and its fashions are passing away but he who does the will of god abides forever so do you have the faith which overcomes the progress progressive thoughts of this world like enoch <laughs> the corruption of this world like noah the idolatry of this world like abraham and the fashions of this world like sarah that is a faith that overcomes and whatever is born of god overcomes the world and this is that which overcomes the world even our faith do you have it let's pray father we just want to thank you once again for the study that you've taught us this morning so many things that we have already learned but you have reiterated so many so many thoughts in a fresh way we believe and i pray lord that we will take these words and the these truths to our heart and we will constantly work on our own lives and lord jesus we will not be concerned about what other people think about us because ultimately it is who and what god thinks about us is important and i pray lord jesus that you would grant us the grace to walk in your ways and to seek your ways all the days of our life to seek not the approval of men but the approval which comes from god alone thank you father we praise you we worship you we give you glory for in jesus mighty name we pray and all god's people said amen <laughs>